0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Book 7, Chapter 6 of Les Miserables. Translated by Isabel F. Hapgood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tamara Hamilton. Les Misérables by Victor Hugo, Book Seven, The jean mathieu Affair, Chapter Six, Sister Semplice put to the proof. But at that moment, Fantine was joyous. She had passed a very bad night her cough was frightful, her fever had doubled in intensity, she had had dreams. In the morning, when the doctor paid his visit, she was delirious, he assumed an alarmed look, and ordered that he should be informed as soon as M. Madeleine arrived. All the morning she was melancholy, said but little, and laid plates in her sheets, murmuring the while in a low voice, calculations which seemed to be calculations of distances. Her eyes were hollow and staring. They seemed almost extinguished at intervals, then lighted up again and shone like stars. It seems as though, at the approach of a certain dark hour, the light of heaven fills those who are quitting the light of earth. Each time that Sister saint asked her how she felt, she replied invariably, Well, I should like to see Monsieur Madeleine." Some months before this, at the moment when Fantine had just lost her last modesty, Her last shame, and her last joy, she was the shadow of herself. Now she was the spectre of herself. Physical suffering had completed the work of moral suffering. This creature of five and twenty had a wrinkled brow, flabby cheeks, pinched nostrils, teeth from which the gums had receded, a leaden complexion, a bony neck, prominent shoulder blades, frail limbs, a clayey skin, and her golden hair was growing out sprinkled with grey. Alas, how illness improvises old age! At midday the physician returned, gave some directions, inquired whether the mayor had made his appearance at the infirmary, and shook his head. Monsieur Madeleine usually came to see the invalid at three o'clock. As exactness is kindness, he was exact. About half-past two Fantine began to be restless. In the course of twenty minutes she asked the nun more than ten times, What time is it, sister? Three o'clock struck. At the third stroke Fantine sat up in bed. She, who could in general hardly turn over, joined her yellow fleshless hands in a sort of convulsive clasp, and the nun heard her utter one of those profound sighs which seemed to throw off dejection. Then Fantine turned and looked at the door. No one entered. The door did not open. She remained thus for a quarter of an hour, her eyes riveted on the door, motionless and apparently holding her breath. The sister dared not speak to her. The clock struck a quarter past three. Fantine fell back on her pillow. She said nothing, but began to plate the sheets once more. Half an hour passed. Then an hour. No one came. Every time the clock struck, Fantine started up and looked towards the door, then fell back again. Her thought was clearly perceptible, but she uttered no name. She made no complaint. She blamed no one but she coughed in a melancholy way. One would have said that something dark was descending upon her. She was livid, and her lips were blue. She smiled now and then. Five o'clock struck. Then the sister heard her say very low and gently, He is wrong not to come to-day, since I am going away to-morrow. Sister Simplice herself was surprised at Mr. Madeleine's delay. In the meantime Fantine was staring at the tester of her bed, She seemed to be endeavouring to recall something. All at once she began to sing in a voice as feeble as a breath. The nun listened. This is what Fantine was singing. Lovely things we will buy as we stroll the faubourgs through. Roses are pink, cornflowers are blue. I love my love, cornflowers are blue. Yestereen the Virgin Mary came near my stove in a broidered mantle-clad, and said to me, Here, hide neath my veil the child whom you one day begged from me haste to the city, buy linen, buy a needle, buy thread. Lovely things we will buy as we stroll the faubourgs through. Dear Holy Virgin, beside my stove I have set a cradle with ribbons decked. God may give me his loveliest star, I prefer the child thou hast granted me. Madam, what shall I do with this linen fine? Make of it clothes for thy newborn babe. Roses are pink and cornflowers are blue. I love my love and cornflowers are blue. Wash this linen. Where? In the stream. Make of it, soiling not, spoiling not, a petticoat fair with its bodice fine, which I will embroider and fill with flowers. Madam, the child is no longer here. What is to be done? Then make of it a winding-sheet, in which to bury me. Lovely things we will buy as we stroll the faubourgs through. Roses are pink, cornflowers are blue. I love my love, Cornflowers are blue. This song was an old cradle romance, with which she had in former days lulled her little casette to sleep, and which had never recurred to her mind in all the five years during which she had been parted from her child. She sang it in so sad a voice, and to so sweet an air, that it was enough to make anyone, even a nun, weep. The sister, accustomed as she was to austerities, felt a tear spring to her eyes. The clock struck six. Fantine did not seem to hear it she no longer seemed to pay attention to anything about her. Sister Simplice sent a serving-maid to inquire of the portress of the factory whether the mare had returned, and if he would not come to the infirmary soon. The girl returned in a few minutes. Fantine was still motionless, and seemed absorbed in her own thoughts. The servant informed Sister Simplice in a very low tone that the mare had set out that morning before six o'clock, In a little tilbury harnessed to a white horse, cold as the weather was, that he had gone alone, without even a driver, that no one knew what road he had taken, that people said he had been seen to turn into the road to Arras, that others asserted that they had met him on the road to Paris, that when he went away he had been very gentle, as usual, and that he had merely told the portress not to expect him that night. While the two women were whispering together, with their backs turned to Fantine's bed, the sister interrogating, the servant conjecturing, Fantine, with the feverish vivacity of certain organic maladies, which unite the free movements of health with the frightful emaciation of death, had raised herself to her knees in bed, with her shriveled hands resting on the bolster, and her head thrust through the opening of the curtains, and was listening. All at once she cried, "'You are speaking of Monsieur Madeleine. Why are you talking so low? What is he doing? Why does he not come?' her voice was so abrupt and hoarse that the two women thought they heard the voice of a man they wheeled round in affright answer me cried fantine the servant stammered the portress told me that he could not come to-day be calm my child said the sister lie down again fantine without changing her attitude continued in a loud voice and with an accent that was both imperious and heart-rending he cannot come why not you know the reason you are whispering it to each other there i want to know it the servant-maid hastened to say in the nun's ear say that he is busy with the city council sister semplice blushed faintly for it was a lie that the maid had proposed to her on the other hand it seemed to her that the mere communication of the truth to the invalid would without doubt deal her a terrible blow and that this was a serious matter in Fantine's present state her flush did not last long The sister raised her calm, sad eyes to Fantine and said, Monsieur Lemaire has gone away. Fantine raised herself and crouched on her heels in the bed. Her eyes sparkled. Indescribable joy beamed from that melancholy face. Gone, she cried. He has gone to get Cosette. Then she raised her arms to heaven and her white face became ineffable. Her lips moved. She was praying in a low voice. When her prayer was finished, Sister, she said. I am willing to lie down again. I will do anything you wish. I was naughty just now. I beg your pardon for having spoken so loud. It is very wrong to talk loudly. I know that well, my good sister. But, you see, I am very happy. The good God is good. M. Madeleine is good. Just think, he has gone to Montfermeil to get my little Cosette. She lay down again, with the nun's assistance, helped the nun to arrange her pillow, and kissed the little silver cross which she wore in her neck, and which Sister Simplice had given her. My child, said the sister, try to rest now, and do not talk any more. Fantine took the sister's hand in her moist hands, and the latter was pained to feel that perspiration. He set out this morning for Paris. In fact, he need not even go through Paris. Montfermeil is a little to the left, as you come thence. Do you remember how he said to me yesterday when I spoke to him of Cosette, soon, soon? He wants to give me a surprise, you know. He made me sign a letter, so that she could be taken from the Ténardiers. They cannot say anything, can they? They will give back, Cosette, for they have been paid. The authorities will not allow them to keep the child, since they have received their pay. Do not make signs to me that I must not talk, sister. I am extremely happy. I am doing well. I am not ill at all any more. I am going to see Cosette again. I am even quite hungry. It is nearly five years since I saw her last. You cannot imagine how much attached one gets to children, and then she will be so pretty, you will see. If you only knew what— pretty little rosy fingers she had. In the first place, she will have very beautiful hands. She had ridiculous hands when she was only one year old, like this. She must be a big girl now. She is seven years old. She is quite a young lady. I call her Cosette, but her name is really Euphrasie. Stop! This morning I was looking at the dust on the chimney-piece, and I had a sort of idea come across me, like that, that I should see Cosette again soon. Mon Dieu! "'How wrong it is not to see one's children for years! "'One ought to reflect that life is not eternal! "'Oh, how good, Monsieur Lemaire, is to go! "'It is very cold. "'It is true, he had on his cloak at least. "'He will be here to-morrow, will he not? "'To-morrow will be a festival day. "'To-morrow morning, sister, you must remind me to put on my little cap that has lace on it. "'What a place that Montfermeil is! "'I took that journey on foot once. "'It was very long for me. "'But the diligences go very quickly.' "'He will be here to-morrow with Cosette. "'How far is it from here to Montfermeil?' "'The sister, who had no idea of distances, replied, "'Oh, I think that he will be here to-morrow.' "'To-morrow, to-morrow,' said Fantine. "'I shall see Cosette to-morrow. "'You see, good sister of the good God, that I am no longer ill. "'I am mad. "'I could dance if any one wished it.' "'A person who had seen her a quarter of an hour previously "'would not have understood the change. "'She was all rosy now.' She spoke in a lively and natural voice. Her whole face was one smile. Now and then she talked. She laughed softly. The joy of a mother is almost infantile. "'Well,' resumed the nun, "'now that you are happy, mind me, "'and do not talk any more.' Fantine laid her head on her pillow and said in a low voice, "'Yes, lie down again and be good, "'for you are going to have your child. "'Sister Simplice is right. "'Everyone here is right.' And then, without stirring, Without even moving her head, she began to stare all about her with wide-open eyes and a joyous air, and she said nothing more. The sister drew the curtains together again, hoping that she would fall into a doze. Between seven and eight o'clock the doctor came, not hearing any sound, he thought Fantine was asleep, entered softly, and approached the bed on tiptoe. He opened the curtains a little, and by the light of the taper he saw Fantine's big eyes gazing at him. She said to him, she will be allowed to sleep beside me in a little bed will she not sir the doctor thought that she was delirious she added see there is just room the doctor took sister samplice aside and she explained matters to him that monsieur madeleine was absent for a day or two and that in their doubt they had not thought it well to undeceive the invalid who believed that the mayor had gone to montfermeuil that it was possible after all that her guess was correct the doctor approved he returned to Fontaine's bed, and she went on. You see, when she wakes up in the morning I shall be able to say good morning to her, poor kitten, and when I cannot sleep at night I can hear her asleep. Her little gentle breathing will do me good. Give me your hand, said the doctor. She stretched out her arm and exclaimed with a laugh, Ah, hold! In truth you did not know it. I am cured. Cosette will arrive to-morrow. The doctor was surprised. She was better. The pressure on her chest had decreased. Her pulse had regained its strength; a sort of life had suddenly supervened and reanimated this poor, worn-out creature. Doctor, she went on, "Did the sister tell you that Monsieur le Maire has gone to get that mite of a child?" The doctor recommended silence and that all painful emotions should be avoided. He prescribed an infusion of pure chinchona, and in case the fever should increase again during the night, a calming potion. As he took his departure, he said to the sister, "She is doing better." If good luck willed that the mare should actually arrive to-morrow with the child, who knows? There are crises so astounding. Great joy has been known to arrest maladies. I know well that this is an organic disease, and in an advanced state. But all those things are such mysteries. We may be able to save her. End of Book 7 Chapter 6